0: What is up, guys? It is the Blue Bloods here, back with another FCS team preview. And you already know who I had to bring in for this Alabama A&M preview, man. He's a busy right. guy, and he's been Please, doing, he's been doing big you. things, big things out there, man. My God, Chauncey is here with us, man. Let the people know what you've been up to, man, and what you got coming this season.
1: Well, man, oh, man. I mean, busy. I mean, trying to keep up with you, honestly. I mean, you know, it's finally <laughs> good to see you at Swag Media Day in person, of course breaking bread and uh, passing along things we learned during that time. That was awesome. Special moment there for sure. And then, uh, you know, just been interning and just getting to the grind of things, you know, uh, working at a local news station, WHNT 19, and then also transitioning now where I just got back and we had to postpone a little bit there on our uh, earlier episode we were going to do uh, because I was coming back from Los Angeles, working a uh, training camp and pre preseason. Of course, with the Super Bowl champs, Los Angeles Rams.
0: How was that experience,
1: man? Before we get to Alabama A what was that like? Oh my goodness, man! It's it's like you it, it's once in a lifetime, you know. And the opportunity came thanks to um, the Black Sports Business Symposium, powered by ESPN, with um, Greg and um, Kevin Demont. They did a really good job with that opportunity, bringing so many people together that are all in for the love and the culture of. Uh, sports and our black and brown people in sports and seeing so many people students and professionals connect with each other like that was something I've never saw a day in my life and I was just lucky and blessed to have opportunity to go to Los Angeles with training camp thanks to Mr. DeMoth and just be a part of that Ram family and uh, Ramley as they like to say and uh, just learn so much from guys like J.B. Long and Maurice Jones Drew, um, Erica Tamposi and the rest of the crew there at the content team, it truly gives you that um, behind-the-curtain look of how a Super Bowl champion team is, and that's not just the team, but the organization as a whole. You know, from Kevin, they the the organization from a football standpoint and an operation standpoint just coincide together so great, so amazing, man. Because the the from the leadership standpoint, everyone's on the same page. Well, I didn't get a chance to meet Steve, but I, Stan, I'm sorry. But I did get a chance. To, me and Kevin are really close and I love Kevin to death. That's my guy now. Um, just watching him as a leader mirroring less need. Uh just just on the same page. just like mirrors, honestly. Like they demand greatness. They're gonna have a great time. They're people they are people persons for sure. Um, and just being able to take in so much and learn from them the way I did was really something special, and it was a highlight in my career so far for sure.
0: Hey man, congratulations again, man! I know we already talked Thanks, about man. it, but that's yes. a, that's a big deal, and I know that's only the first step for you, man. And then you got a lot of things coming. It, Thank you. But I, I don't like to waste any time on this on this on on mm-hmm. these shows, man. And we know the first question that's coming is mm-hmm. the question that surrounds this team going into twenty twenty two. Who is going to be the guy to replace Akil Glass at the quarterback spot for Alabama AM this season?
1: Well, I think it's been a, a really good race. I think it's always been a two-man race since the moment Akil threw his last pass for the Bulldogs uh, this past season between Xavier and Quincy. And, you know, there's been a couple people, whether it was Jaron Williams, we spoke on him during uh, spring ball, and it looked like he was going to be the front runner, and then, injuries derailed and unfortunately he retired and then it became a two-man race again between Quincy and X and I, I kind of hinted at X during a uh, spring ball I didn't want to I didn't want to spoil it for anyone to say hey you know I get it it's going to be a, a Q and a Jaren race but keep your eye on that third guy and that was something I had mentioned earlier and lo and behold there was X. X has shown up. X has been um a really hard-working guy from what I've heard and the coaches have raved about his work ethic, they, but they've also raved about Quincy's work ethic, and they've raved about how he leads the um, this the, the team and how he leads the offense out there and keeps uh, a poised uh, pocket there. And they also, like, love the maturity he brings to the offense. And I saw in practices lately he's been taking a lot of first snaps. And uh, I think that's where they're going to start to lean on more right now is just the experience versus the inexperience, and they're going to give Quincy the best shot. Uh, I think Coach Maynard has always said, and he's been consistent with it, that he's going to let the best man win. And I think right now I, I don't think that the race is far broken. I don't think there's too much of a huge lead between one or the other, but I do think right now, as of right now on Thursday, I'll be expecting head coach Connell Maynard to expect Quincy Casey to be the starting quarterback.
0: Um, how much do you think they rotate over these first two weeks? So, you know, they got UAB and they have Troy. Do you expect both X and Quincy to take a significant amount of snaps, or do you see it being a more, I wouldn't be surprised. you know? Okay. Yeah. I, I was wondering, because I know Musa and McKay were supposed to, but, you know, Musa went out there and really and balled out. Things, this, right? Yeah, really balled out. So I think Quincy would probably have to do a similar thing. But I, I'm going to be interested to see, man. This Thursday is going to tell a lot about that QB race and how much – I would say how much room each guy has to grow into the role and make mistakes because I think if you make one mistake and they pull you, you can really tell how close that race was that they're like, okay, well, let's see what this guy does in this situation. Is he going to make the same mistake? And that's a big question mark for me.
1: Then it's also going to be a question mark about – it's going to be a tell sign. Who can do what when they have less? Of course, we'll have Gary, and I think the running back room is the strongest it's been since gary was a freshman joined alongside there with uh bentley that that running back room there was tremendous and now they have a great running back group they're looking good right now um they got a lot more experience you know they got a couple transfers that have came in so far as well and the o-line is also going to hold up but their weapons may be a question mark because of injuries and because of uh, you know, just expect there to be some injuries coming into this game. I don't think a and will be fully 100%. I don't want to spoil anything or give anything away. But from what I saw at practices, the guys seem a little banged up. And it's going to be some question marks. Can uh, Anthony Howard come back full strength 100%? Uh, what does uh, Kendrick look like coming into this season? Is he going to be a starting tight end or not? Or are they going to go a different direction? Who's going to be the number tight, uh, tight end to, to say. And then also they might be without one of their strongest pieces. It's going to be difficult uh, for those guys to try to evaluate both quarterbacks in these first two games, but it is the business, you know, you don't have too much time to waste. And we know coach Maynard isn't one to waste time at all. So.
0: Hey, that that is that's a fact man and one of the big keys this season and he's going to be a big I would say uh target for whoever whatever quarterback emerges throughout this race and that's Abdul Fatai Ibrahim man he has been in my opinion one of the best wide receivers not in just the SWAC but the FCS like when you list off the best SWAC wide receivers it starts with a dual and then you can argue two through whatever whatever number you want to go to as an Alabama A&M guy can you speak to what makes him special and what have you seen from a development standpoint that has allowed him to become one of the, one of the top wide receivers in the country and, and even received all the American honors this preseason.
1: His footwork, his ability to, um, go out there in his route and kind of have to modify it just a bit, you know, being able to just move on the fly and have that great connection with his quarterbacks, the way he's had, has been something, um, his work ethic. I think the first thing I, when I learned and met Abdul as a freshman was his work ethic, man. On the off days, he's working out alone in the uh, weight room. When the team is off, he's out doing drills. And this is when he was just getting into his own. I remember earlier on, before the season even started, I just kept asking, who is that guy? Who is that guy? And it was during the uh, fall camp. It was the fall camp of 19. I'm like, who is that guy? I just keep uh, recording the seven-on-sevens and the one-on-ones with receivers and DBs. And this guy's cooking. He's not dropping the pads. And then, it, you know, it was two guys. It was Odul Hilaire and it was Abdul Fatai Ibrahim, man. And they, he was special from then on. I just knew he would be special. I think his story is one of the more special ones out of all the wide receivers in the SWAC as well, coming from being a walk-on to now doing what he's doing now. thousand-yard receiver as a walk-on and I've told people many times that have, have thought about transferring or did transfer here, you know, Coach Maynard isn't one to – in the, this Bulldog team as a whole, Coach Taylor isn't one to just say, oh, he's a walk-on, we're not going to use him. If you can play, you're going to play here for the Bulldogs. So, you know, he's just a true testament to that, and I'm I'm hopeful and I'm, I'm happy for where he is right now, but I expect bigger things coming soon. I expect bigger things this season too. Despite him having a target on his back, I think he's going to get a lot of double teams at him this year. I think a lot of guys are going to play back a little more this year and and he'll definitely have a target on his back. And he won't be one that uh, teams, you know, sleep on now more than ever. So he's going to have some stepping up to do. He's going to have a lot of eyes on him this year. And he's going to have to take on that leadership role more than ever with this outlaw group in this wide receiver core.
0: And when people talk about the top NFL draft prospects coming out of the SWAC or just HPC football in general, Abdul seems to kind of get forgotten in that conversation. Mm-hmm. How do you see him projecting to the next level? And what does he have to do to get his name in those, in those conversations?
1: Well, I think it started earlier on with the senior Bowl. I think that was a good start. I think he also needs to uh, help out with the marketing. I think, Part of Akil's downfall in this draft was that I don't think that he was truly marketed well enough as a quarterback. You know, I, I didn't, we didn't see it a little bit more of the character of who he was. We know that he's a hard worker. We know he can make all the passes, but we need to be able to see him marketed well as well. You know, that goes into your draft stock as well. I think Abdul will need better marketing. I think it's happening now with this content group that they've created here uh, at a and I think they're doing a good job so far. But I think Abdul really needs to work on this more of a – it's more of a speed thing. I think it'll be more of that. I think he has everything else, the catching ability. It'll be when he gets to that stage, what do you do? You know, it's going to come down to those moments. It's going to come down to the Grambling game. It's going to come down to being the mobile against Jackson State University. And when the game – when they need a first down and they call on your name, what do you do? It's going to come down to moments in St. Louis – you're on a neutral site. Never played on that field before against a team like Pine Bluff, who's looking to come out and make some noise again this season. Even though he had a, a, a kind of a tough season last year, there you're going to need. It's going to be moments like that where scouts look at him and truly evaluate who he truly is. You know, it's going to come to those moments, those winding moments, those tough moments where you guys got to gut it out. They need a first down, or they need a big play. Can he make it despite the double team? Despite being double cover, triple cover, you know. They're just going to be looking for that, and they're also going to be looking for a speed as well.
0: I I, I agree. I, I think he's an interesting prospect. You know, I, like you said, if he gets to Mobile and gets on that senior ball roster, anything can happen. You've seen a lot of FCS guys. That's I mean, right. even last year, Christian Watson going down there, earning him a early second-round draft grade by going down there and doing it against the best of the best. And I, I really mm-hmm. do think Abdul has the talent. Or if he can just get there, get to the dance, it, everything will work itself out. Because, like you said, he's a hard worker. He'll kill the interview process with all the teams that he interviews with, and I think he has the on-the-field ability to really shine there. And I think he would, he would get a lot he would get a lot of talk if he goes down there and balls out. But the defense was a major major flaw last season for Alabama A They bring in. I think the most transfers of all time of any team Mm -hmm. in history
1: that's ever brought in (laughs) in one season. I mean, they brought in in people. Yeah. I mean, I got to watch out myself. You know, it might be, I Mm -hmm. might have a new roommate for all I know, you know, (laughs) it might be a week from now and they're, they're cutting people and they're bringing people in. You you never know. It's like free agency out here. (laughs) You're bringing transfers here in normal.
0: (laughs) I think uh, someone tweeted out a list, I think they brought in more DBs than some teams brought in total transfers this offseason. So we're going to look, we're just going to say this, a completely retooled defense where you potentially could have 11 new starters and almost an entirely new two deep. What are the keys for you for this Alabama A&M defense taking a major step forward in 2022?
1: Well, first and foremost, they had a lot of blown coverages last year. We're going to be keeping an eye on that. I think Coach Bulware has done a great job of simplifying what Coach Eastman did last season and making it easier for these guys to pick up and learn quickly on the fly. I also believe it's going to start up front. I think a lot of the times the uh, games that we lost, when you go back and watch film, they lost it up front. They lost the Jackson State game up front on both sides of the football. They lost the game against Gramlin, and that's who truly exposed this team was up front. They lost it. They couldn't get to the quarterback. And could they uh, protect the quarterback as well? So that's going to be something that's going to be something to keep an eye on, especially in this first game against UAB. It's going to be a real good test for both sides, but primarily on this defensive end. Can they get to the quarterback this year? Can they uh, create a little bit of uh, a little bit of dysfunction back there in that backfield to get to the quarterback? That's going to be something that's going to be able to behold because they were one of the worst as far as getting to the quarterback and creating sacks and creating uh, those hurries. So it's just going to be something to watch. I think the defense, the backs in in, uh, that, that backfield has done a great job. They've done a great job of restructuring those guys. They're a lot taller. They're a lot longer and they look a lot uh, more physical this year versus last year. I think last year they had a lot of undersized guys and teams were able to throw that ball and get it over and just hope their receivers were able to outman them or, you know they're beating them in height, and they were just able to get the ball over, as well as those blown coverages coming as well. So this year I'm expecting them to be a lot better. They flew around all summer, and as of recent, when I got back and saw them recently in practice, they were flying to the ball. So that was some. That was a really good sign to watch as well. Um, I'm really going to keep a good eye on those new DBs. They got a lot of incoming guys starting now. That's going to be something good to watch as well. They got a lot of height for those DBs. Really physical
0: yeah they they did i think they did a great job especially at the top of the class bringing in guys who have a lot of potential man and that goes at all three levels and they brought in some guys that have that are proven transfers that have done it already on the field and I think the linebacker spot's one that I'm looking for someone to step up at because last year i just felt, I felt like the linebacker spot was one of the real weaknesses and everyone focused on the secondary and the defensive line but the linebackers as well just i i i think there were some really good bad showings in in that group man and you brought in a guy from Stephen f austin who has proven it on the field um and and i think the secondary to like you said the link for me is the biggest thing you had to get some guys when you look around the swag the wide receiving cores are too talented grambling with phase on and bringing in some of those wide receivers Mm -hmm. we know what jackson state is even even fam with Sharid and Xavier, they might not be the tallest or the biggest, but man, those guys can go out there and really play. And Texas Southern brought in some burners on the outside to um, add with Andrew Body. So I, I'm extremely excited to see. Don't sleep on but don't
1: sleep Oh yeah, Kamari Everett they still got one of the best tight ends in the SWAC, in my opinion. I think he might be the best tight end in the SWAC. Yeah. Don't sleep on them.
0: Yeah, and they, Corey Reed also transferred there, former four-star Jackson State wide receiver, but. Players to watch, man. If you can give me some, uh, just a handful on each side of the ball. Who are you looking for as as guys that we need to watch out for for Alabama A and M in twenty twenty
1: two? I'm keeping my eye on Kyle Man for sure on that defensive side of the ball. Really good guy, flying to the ball. Love what I saw to him out of practice as well. Um, I will keep an eye on that left tackle Carson Vincent. Uh, He did a really good job. Really big guy. Uh, he's like he's going to be there on that left tackle, um, holding it down for the offense as well. I will also keep my eye out on a new running back for A&M as well to help out with the carries there for uh, Gary. I think Harold Jamison has a little bit of that Eddie Lacy to him, and that's going to be a nice one-two punch. That speed, but then you got that power, man. He was humongous. I'm like, man, he's going to be great in that red zone. He's going to be something to watch. And he can also catch coming out the backfield, so that's going to be something to keep an eye on definitely this
0: upcoming season now becker's uh, carlos becker is somebody that i'm mm-hmm. super excited to see man mm-hmm. because that's one of the guys you said like he's six three six four runs like a four four and has the ability to really make plays on the ball and when you look at wh- where he was coming into florida state man he was one of the best corners in that recruiting class and i just think at florida state things kind of didn't really work out for him
1: out. yeah
0: yeah but I think he has an opportunity to really step up in the secondary and make a name for himself and we've seen it happen with a lot of transfers already over this past season that I think Becker's a guy for sure I think the Gabriel Floyd at that linebacker spot man that's somebody that regardless of what fan base you're you're rooting for is a guy who I think gonna be a major storyline we know about the injury history and really and truly he was He's a guy I thought could live up to the hype if things would have just went a little bit different. And we've seen success happen. I, I don't I, I know for me personal experience, Jamel Dean, mm-hmm. cornerback for Tampa Bay, got sent away from Ohio State due to a failed physical as well, transferred to Auburn mm-hmm. and became a second round pick. So we've seen this happen before, and I'm really, really rooting for him to overcome those medical issues and be able and be able right. to shine. And I, I'm glad that you mentioned the running back room because a lot of people when I because for me I thought I think Quarles and uh, Caleb Johnson are easily the two top running backs in the SWAC, but a lot of people point to Quarles' size as a major downfall. Right. And now that you have some versatility in how you can use backs in certain situations, it's really going to help the offensive line, like you said, in the red zone and short yardage, you know, situations to be be a little bit more versatile in their play calling and their execution and. I I'm, there's a transfer. I can't mention him. I don't think he's announced he's on campus yet, but there's a guy on the defensive line, not Kyle Mann, who was an all-conference player at this p- previous FCS school. Very excited for it, man. I'm ready for him to announce. I got told like two weeks ago he was on campus. I got the video ready, everything. I'm just
1: waiting for my guy to announce I thought so. he announced it. I thought he announced it. You sure he didn't post did the picture? Uh, I don't I don't I, think I he I'm, did. we'll have to check after this, but I thought he I thought he did. Oh I no, we're gonna check it know. now
0: because I I have been dying <laughs> to to announce this guy I think is he did. if if I I might have missed it I it's not on his it's not on his Instagram it's not on his Instagram
1: no unless I, I we're saw, talking about different guys let's
0: see yeah nothing yet on social media so we might we might be talking about different guys. Hmm. 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 So we'll talk after the show about who I'm talking about. But he's hey, a guy was- who it, yeah, he's a guy who I'm really excited for. We'll talk we'll talk later. And guys, hopefully y'all will find out very soon. We'll see on Thursday. Maybe he's just a guy who just is on Maybe. campus, but I got it from a coach that he's on campus. I'm excited for him. But man, let's pull up the schedule because Jesus, man, boy. this is this is it's a true schedule right. i mean just going through real quick man uab troy austin p famu bethune cookman and gramblin are your first six games and that doesn't even include jackson state texas southern or alabama state in the back half or valley in the back half man this schedule exactly. is is brutal i mean the toughest schedule in the swack in my opinion man for you, I think you could just say the whole schedule, but what we'll start with toughest games. What games are the toughest games, in your opinion, for Alabama A&M this season?
1: I think they have – I mean, how can you compete with guys like going up against North Carolina? But I think they have one of the tougher schedules in the SWAC as far as the um, non-conference goes, man. I mean, you look at UAB and what they've been able to do in the past couple of years since they've been back. It's been remarkable. You know, that's an awesome program. And I think it's a program, a football program that they should be trying to look to and say, we're not too far off on. It's a great measuring stick. I think Troy is great as well, even though they didn't. I mean, they have a couple of guys that have came in now and they're they looking to be a well oiled machine as well this season. But Austin won't be too bad at home either. It's going to be a really good game. I think all Bulldog fans should be out for that home opener at Lewis Cruz. Um, I mean, going, it's just like the entire schedule, like you said, is ridiculous. When you look at who they'll start um, their first SWAT game against, going to FAMU, renovated stadium, fan base is out of this planet, first time ever in a SWAT having to go down there, unfamiliar territory. The weather, it's ridiculous, is also on their side as well. That's no easy feat. Then you come back homecoming, you got Bethune-Cookman. Were they undisciplined last year? For sure. Do I expect that to be the same case this year? No, I don't. So they're going to be a really difficult team as well at homecoming. Then you follow up homecoming with going to, with Gramlin coming in, Hugh Jackson. Now, am I the biggest Hugh Jackson fan growing up in Cleveland, Ohio? No, I'm not. <laughs> but I still put them as a very tough team. They'll be formidable. They'll be no joke. So they're no one about better an eye to as well magic city classic should not be this easy this year i think the past couple of years we've had their number i think it'll be a little more difficult this year but i think we'll still be able to get through them now of course november 12th this should be circled as it should yeah make no mistake about it i think november 12th is going to be the meeting of the heads here in this division of this conference I think it's going to come down to that game for sure. Both teams will be beaten, battered, and bruised by November 12th. Both teams have a great non-conference schedule, and they will have saw everyone by then. Jackson already seeing uh, FAMU in this orange blossom, and then, of course, AM will have saw them on the 24th. So those three teams right there are going to have to make every game count, and it's going to be like that for the entirety of their existence being in this division. Those three teams – I always will expect to be at the top of this division because they have, they, they're going to always beat each other down. You know, it's almost like the AFC West of the, of the conference. You know, you've got these three guys that you're like, man, oh man, like you got to see each other. Every, like every game will count between those two three teams between Jackson, FAMU and and Those, those games will always have to count. And it's because the scheduling like this, man, I mean, you know, this is what it's about here in the swag, iron sharpening iron. So I would definitely have a couple of these games circled, but I'm going to narrow it down to being September 17th and November 12th for sure. I think Magic City Classic is something that will be great. It's always a great, the pageantry and everything that comes with it. But I think A&M will still have uh, State's number after watching them against uh, Howard barely you know trying to stay alive and stay awake for that one how long that one went but we'll save that for another time i know you got a story for that but uh you know we'll we'll keep for sure september 17th lewis cruz classic september 24th and then november 12th because those two swat games will be very important for if the bulldogs want to have a chance at making it to atlanta come january
0: now that Magic City Classic could get interesting, as this might be the first time in four years they have the quarterback advantage
1: potentially. So you might get a point. You know, yeah, it's going to be it, really it could get interesting. It could get interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like think it. That's always been something that stood out. But to me, I think AM's defense is going to be way better this year. And I think they're way faster to the ball. I think they'll be more physical than state will this year. I think that the defensive backs will definitely have a couple of names that will become household in a swag after this season. I think Carlos will hopefully be able to maintain his health and be a great asset to this team as well. So I think the defense will help them out a lot in this season and definitely during uh, Magic City Classic. Now give me your
0: top sleeper game on the schedule.
1: Whew. My my top sleeper game. I want to keep my eyes like one thing I paid attention to the most at Media Day were the lack of coverage or the lack thereof of coverage um with Bethune Cook, man. And I was just looking at those guys' faces. And I was looking at the coach face. And I was looking at just that everybody that came with them that were in those BC shirts, man. They looked like they looked like they were so motivated, like they were ready to go today, and I was like, "Oh wow!" Like you're, this is not going to be the same come next WAC Media Day, because you you could tell in certain people's faces, like when you, you when you feel that disrespect, when you feel that people are sleeping on you. I think Bethune Cookman or Pine Bluff will be a very tough game. I think those are games that we can't sleep on. That uh the Bulldogs will say, Oh, well, that's just Peton Cookman, or that's Pine Bluff. And, and you know, they'll be in for it. And I think that happened last year it, during that uh tough game at Bethune Cookman in Daytona, where the guys ended up being in a dogfight. You know, I think it almost came down to a, a go ahead touchdown.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If it didn't, I mean it was a very yeah, close it was, game it was
0: like thirty it to, to twenty seven. Yeah,
1: yeah, they nearly I think they almost did they almost give up forty points against them too or was that just a skinny? I think, uh, no, nearly, was, I think they gave up was, 40 was, points to Tuskegee, but this yeah. was also a closer game as well. This was a game that was supposed to be a blowout, and after a couple drives, it started getting stagnant in that second half, and they finally got things to go again. But I'm telling you, this team, right, this Bethune-Cookman team, if they can, if they can keep the penalties down, good luck, man. Good luck. They were a really good team last year. Really they good are. team. I was really impressed. I, I like
0: I like Bethune Cookman as that pick, man. I, I think Bethune Cookman is going to shock a lot of people, uh, really and truly. Especially, and I've already gave my bold prediction that I that I think Walter Simmons may be secretly the guy over there at the quarterback mm-hmm. spot. Him and Jones are, I think, are going to be neck and neck. I think they both got great talent. But, man, Walter Simmons, I, I would not sleep on him. And then, you know, with Corey Reed and and um, Kamari Everett, and then that secondary, man, completely reloaded. They brought in some I'm studs, and they're returning their top three players from last year's secondary. And I agree, because after that four-game stretch, everyone thinks that, you know, you can let off a collective, you know, deep breath for Alabama mm-hmm. A&M. But I don't know if that's the case, really and truly. And, you know, looking – Looking at those first four games, we don't – okay, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with FAMU, but we're assuming that most of the guys will hopefully be eligible by the end of September because I'm right. hoping with the sweat going there that they kind of work
1: that out for you. What and is I the, just want to say this first before we even get started on the question. I don't want to yeah. interrupt you here. But they got to get that together. If they want – if this is what we as a conference are trying to hold ourselves to a higher standard, we got to get this together. You can't be – out here having a good time and celebrating. Oh, look at our, look at our homecomings and look at all this and look at that. But what about what's going on with their personnel? It's all good and fun and games when you have all of these things going on about HBCUs, but we never want to address what goes wrong at HBCUs and stuff like this always happens, but we don't put an eye to it. Like things like when, when, unless situations like this come up, and that was a real misfortune, you know, that was a real misfortune of going up against UNC not full strength that's sickening man and they need to they, they just need to take care of that immediately we shouldn't have too many of those situations still going on in the swag that was embarrassing
0: I, I echo it man I talked about it on the live stream last night but um, hopefully you know I've got some word that some of the players are coming back I think there's a few guys that probably still won't be back in the OBC, which is disappointing but man I, I really hope they get that figured out but First four games, man, I said they were the t- one of the toughest first four game stretches for anybody in the SWAG. Looking at it, uh, how do you feel about that? What's the best? What's how do you one? What's the realistic prediction for those first four games? And two, what's the best case
1: scenario? Well, given where this team stands right now, as far as health wise on the offensive side of the ball, I'm expecting Gary Corons to take a lot of carries. Let's just say that. I think that September 1st will be a tall task for this team. I think it will be difficult. I think the defense can hold up, but can only hold up so much. The offense is going to have to help. The offense is going to have to show up, whoever is – and we'll get the starting quarterback announced soon, but I believe Quincy's going to have to show up, man. This This is it. This is it. This is what you've been looking for since the moment you've transferred here. Aquil is gone. Number four is not coming back through the doors, at least not in that same complexion at that same height with that arm strength, no. And this is your time to shine. You know, you got to do it. The lights are on. No one else is playing on Thursday. Here you are. What are you going to do? You know, this is the game that we're going we're gonna to see as a measuring stick for this team. I think right now where they stand as well as helping the weapons that they have that this is going to be a tall task for them September 1st. It's going to be a tall task September 17th. And then going to Tallahassee won't be an easy feat as well. I think in these first uh, three to four games, the Bulldogs' best-case scenario would be 2-2 and for sure. I think 3-1 just doesn't seem realistic, but it would be – it would be nice to keep optimistic and think that they can go four and zero, but I think we need to keep a real a reality check here. That UAB is a really strong team, a really great program, and despite them changing coaches, things obviously look like they haven't changed much at all. So I think right now I would I would say that they had, lose a tough one in Birmingham. I think September tenth they may be able to bounce back, but on the road again that's a little tough. I think that might be a tough loss as well. But I also think there is a chance for them to upset. I know Troy brung in a couple of guys, and they are some studs, trust and belief. But I think that there is a chance that a might be able to come up with an upset. I also think that Austin won't be an easy feat as well at home. A lot of things go on at home. And, and this will be some of these guys' first home game here in Normal on the Hill. You won't have a lot of experienced guys there, especially on the defensive side of the ball how can they how can they uh come up big at home under the lights for the first time? You know a lot of emotions going. I remember last year there was a lot of emotions during a big game. I won't say the game but or the player but in this story, but there was a player man selling t shirts running through the parking lot during this biggest game of the year for this team, and I'm like, oh man, you you know where his head is at. you know that's not a good sign when one of your players is out here worried about T-shirts and NILs before the game gets started. You know, that's a, that was just a tough sign. It, it told me right then and there his mind wasn't where it needed to be at. And I'm hoping that these guys are going to be locked in and focused come Lewis Cruz Classic. And I think that they'll be able to maybe toughen it out and get the win on the road as well in Tallahassee as they definitely owe that team a, a butt whooping. I think last year shouldn't have been close. I think it should have been a blowout. And somehow some way they let their foot off the gas and that defense uh, just could not give them a break, you know, and, and they caused some tough plays down on that stretch. And fortunately enough for the Rattlers, they were able to come out with the comeback victory. But I don't see that happening this time. I think AM and Coach Maynard have had that game on their mind for a long time and I'm expecting a big win in Tallahassee.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it would be a great four-game stretch if you're two and two and you competed well in the first two games. You know, UAB, yes, they you know, Bill Clark is probably gonna be one, you know, was a huge loss, but all that talent stayed. They didn't lose much to the transfer portal. So I I think I still think that team's gonna be loaded. It's probably gonna be a 50-50 crowd. In Birmingham, honestly, oh, yeah. I think I think Alabama oh, yeah. fans are going to show out. That stadium is going to be packed, so I, I expect them to compete early. I just think the depth is going to catch up to them. Now, Troy, I wasn't yeah. super high on him coming into the season, but Landon Doji at quarterback is a game changer. This is a guy that Let has like almost ten thousand yards passing. Well, that was it was dominant at West Virginia through the air, and I mean a stud. Yeah, so A&M is going to have to put up some points to go upset Troy. and And that team hasn't performed super well over the past few years. But that was a team that beat Southern like 59 to nothing or something like that last year. I mean, they went in there and just drugged them. And so I don't know if that's going to Ride be as off. easy. To eat. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's going to be. A lot of people are just kind of marking those as easy upsets on social media and things like that. Those games are going to be tough to win. Now Austin Peay's yeah. Austin Peay's an interesting one. That's a team that I didn't put a lot of stock in. I thought Western Kentucky was going to run through them. They they lose mm-hmm. their top three defensive backs, new quarterback. Um, I mean, they they had some holes in that team. New defensive line. And they went out there and had a chance to win that game with like six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And if it went for a pick six in the first half, they probably win that game, or or it's a or it's you know a one a three point game or something like that. Now the secondary will be tested. Man, Dre McCray mm-hmm. is no joke at the wide receiver spot. Man had two touchdowns this weekend against Western Kentucky. The new quarterback looked good, and their running back Josh Samuel was a transfer from Jacksonville State, multiple time All Conference player. And he is a workhorse, man. That dude can run the football between the tackles. And so it's going to be a great FCS test for this defense and this new um, revamped offense. Now, FAMU, uh, I'm interested. It's hard to win and brag, but we don't know what that team's going to look like when it comes to September 24th. So I'm interested. Yeah, Yeah, I'm interested to see that that matchup. Now, your predictions, man.
1: Give me your your record
0: prediction for Alabama A&M this season.
1: Boy, oh boy. I'm expecting them to have a winning season. I expect a winning record this year for sure. And I think where they sit situationally right now, they still have a great opportunity to make their way to the Swap Championship. But anything can happen from there. I think one those games, like I said, it's going to come down to those FAMU games. It's going to come down to Magic City Classic. It's going to come down to Jackson State University. That's why those Games like those are circled for a reason when you ask that because those games will be so pivotal in this season as it was last season. I think the game against Grambling might be one of my more slept on ones. I might have to change my answer now when you look back at it, because (laughs) that Grambling game was the game that pivoted the season last year. So those 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 games in this conference are going to be very key for this team. Uh, I think right now where they stand, they'll definitely have a winning record. I think they'll stand more than likely at about seven and three. Six and four at the worst. If they are six and four, that's a bad season for them. I think we'll most likely stand at seven and three. Or I'm sorry. Three, you got eleven games. Yeah, eleven, got 11 game. games. So we should go eight and three. Excuse me. Sorry on that one. Used to ten. Now we're at eleven. Great for the Bulldogs. Let's go. I'm going for eight and three. If it's, if like it's it. six and seven and four, seven and five. That's a bad sign. After you've had this many signings, there's there's no excuses on that defensive side of the ball this year. So I'm expecting them to have a good record, eight and three, good season for them, really solid. Um, I think who they lose to will be the key, though. Who they lose to will be the key. I think if it's, if it's UAB and it's Austin or if it's the first three games of the year, then you you'll be perfectly fine because those games won't necessarily go on your balance when it comes to the swag. You know, you'll still have a chance to win it all, to to win that division in the swag because none of those games truly factor in for that. So I think they'll have a chance. I think there'll be some pivotal games. I think there'll be some adversity for this team for sure. No doubt about that. I think it's going to come at their doorstep if it hasn't already for September 1st losing one of their top weapons. I'm not going to put a name out there. That's not for me to name drop yet. It's not for me to announce, but I will make sure that this podcast knows first that there is a tough weapon, one of their biggest weapons injured out, and it might not just be for September 1st. And that's a big loss for this team. So I expect this team to come out swinging It's going to come down to can the offense put the points on the board like they have normally done in the past, new faces. But, however, the question will remain now. This question will be bigger than ever. Can they put points on the board? Um, Can the defense get big stops versus last year? Can they get to the quarterback? Are these these DBs as proven as they say they are? Um, To the wide receiver core, the outlaws, this is looking like it's the last dance for most of them. It's looking like it's the last dance for most of them. Jenkins, Gardner, um, Johnson, Howard. List goes on and on. Abdul. It's looking like the last dance for these guys. How do they plan on going out? Gary, it's looking like it's gonna be the last dance for most, most of these guys, you know. How do they wanna be remembered? This is the legacy year for those weapons now. You know, all the talk has been we're the best group in the swap. We're the best wide receiver group in the SWAT, you know, there's been a lot of talk about other teams as well. And we saw a lot of back and forth in the past couple seasons on social media. Well, this is the year. This is the year now more than ever. I mean, it was, it was fun while Quill was here. It was great. They're going to miss them more than ever this year. Sometimes. And everybody will, will recognize that of course, but this is the year more than ever that that group has to come together and, and be a focal and just be the focal point that they know they are for this offense. You know, there are going to be some times where Abdul is going to be double cover. Who's going to step up? You know, there's a couple of transfers that are some big names on that wide receiving core as well. Who's going to step up for them? Because, you know, there's a lot of players on this team right now that are trying to make a name that are still fighting and vying for positions in these battles here it's going to be something to watch i'm expecting some things to to shake for this bulldog program i'm expecting some big things from some of these players but it's going to come down to that more than ever if they're going to have a good or bad year you know those questions are going to remain there all season long
0: yeah I, i don't mind eight and three i think that i think that would be like my ceiling for them if everything went right It'll probably be about eight and three. Um, I'll, I'll probably ride with seven and four here. I think, you know, the first two games are probably losses. Right now, I would lean Jackson State in mm-hmm. that Mobile game. And then I think the two big games that you're going to have to win, one of them is Austin Peay-FAMU. You cannot leave September That's with cool. two back-to-back losses in those games. If they lose mm-hmm. to Austin P. and FAMU, Man, the 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 long term, I would say, projection of this team really, really suffers, in my opinion. You have to win one of those two games. And that home open that home opener is so important because if you go to if you go to Bragg 0 and 3, I I don't know what to. T- I mean, that that would be a, a desperate a situation. Yeah, it would be a so. be a desperate situation, man. But it's gonna be a big season, man, for Alabama AM. But Man, I appreciate you coming on the show. I know we've huh. been having this I in the works. You
1: for having me, man. Of hey, course. for
0: sure. We've had this in the works for a little bit, man. My guy, you know, had to go L.A. on us, so he had to he had to get his <laughs> he he had to go get his stuff done over oh, there, man. Please. But <laughs> but, you, but you can expect to see him on the show throughout the season, man. But plug your social media, let them know where they can find all your content, man. Let, and just let them know what you got coming this season,
1: man. Oh, man, we got some great things coming this season. Keep an eye out for me as well. on my handle. Is also there for Instagram at Chauncey D Sanders as well as Chauncey Sanders, no middle initial for D or in DI, uh, in my Twitter handle as well. Looking forward to having a great season. And man, I appreciate you for having me, man. I, I've always been a fan of this show and just watching the progress from day one has been amazing. And just being a part of it and being a part of your legacy now is going to be something uh, that I really appreciate.
0: Hey man, I I definitely appreciate that. But sure. guys, you already know you can keep up with Alabama A and w- w- With if I got a chance, you can keep you can keep up with it here. I'm got some things in the works. I might be there on the 17th for that Austin P. Alabama A and M game. But you if let not, me know. you let I me know. I got you. I okay. got you. I'll let you know. But I will be in Mobile. But that's where I'm recording right now. That's my hometown. You can bet I'm going to be in Mobile, Mobile Alabama for that funny, game. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna hit you for some uh, good for food sure. options for sure.
0: Yeah, oh, Mobile I got you.
1: Is, hey, it's gonna be fun. That's gonna I, be a fun game. I don't I care if teams everyone. losing records. Oh, Scotty's gonna be there.
0: Oh yeah, everyone's oh, coming down boy. for that you, game. You, you already better know make how sure it is. that
1: you got a you got to call Mobile PD. Then we can't <laughs> have this, man. We aren't trying to be on the first forty-eight. I mean, I don't know if it's in Mobile. I, I know it's in Birmingham, but I, I, listen, I'm I, now that I know that Scotty is gonna be there, I'm gonna make sure that. I want all the Jackson State fans to know that I am a Sanders as well. Please, just let me know. I I, I'm I'm like the fourth, fifth cousin, but listen, but hear me out, man. If I I got to come in there with a bulletproof vest, coming in there with Scotty, man. You gotta you gotta keep up, man. you got, the, you, got, you got the
0: Coach Prime cosign, man. You're good. They, 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 saw, they saw the post. You're good. You got the cosign. No, no danger for you at all, man. All right, listen, I, uh, I, I, me and Mr. Campbell are working to make sure Scotty's eligible to drive on I 10. We're, go- <laughs> we're going to make sure that he can get to Lad People Stadium, man. Don't worry. But, guys, for Chauncey, for myself, for the Blue Bloods, man, we are out for right now.